Hi everyone and welcome to the All Plane Podcast, where we talk with the movers and shakers that are redefining the future of commercial aviation. As usual, before we start, let me remind you once more that all previous episodes of this podcast, as well as many other aviation stories, are available on the All Plane website. That's allplane.tv, A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E.tv. Now, today's episode is a bit different, because last week it was eBay's week. That is the Executive Aviation Show in Geneva, Switzerland, which I attended. And instead of me talking today with someone, one-on-one, I thought it was going to be more interesting to invite a couple of aviation friends that were also at the show. And by the way, they both have been on this podcast before. I'm talking about Adam Tweedle and Morel Westerman. Adam is a former RAF pilot and founder of Private Fly, an executive aviation digital booking platform that was later acquired by OneSky, which is a corporate aviation group that owns Flagjet, among other businesses. Adam is also the chair of the Advanced Air Mobility Working Group at the European Business Aviation Association, EBAA. And Morel Westerman is a futurist and consultant based in Switzerland, working in the field of sustainable mobility, and also one of the first people in Europe to fly regularly on battery-powered electric aircraft. Morel was also one of the pilots that made headlines in 2020 when when he completed an all-electric flight across the whole length of Germany, from the Alps all the way to the North Sea, and setting several records along the way. So with Adam and Morel, we're going to talk about an aspect of eBay that I found really interesting, and that's aviation sustainability. Executive aviation and sustainability, you ask? These two terms might sound contradictory with each other, but if you look closer, the picture that emerges is actually a lot more nuanced, a lot more complex. This is actually what I found interesting of this edition of the show, how both the executive aviation industry and the new wave of sustainable flight startups seem to have realized that they need each other, that they can help each other. The executive aviation world is well aware that it has become a very fat target for climate activism, not without some basis, and it needs to get its act together on this front. At the same time, the emerging sustainable aviation ecosystem has found in private and corporate aviation one of the most promising ways to get up to scale fast. So perhaps unsurprisingly, there has been a convergence of sorts between these two apparently very different worlds, and we are going to talk about all this here on this episode of the podcast. How are you guys? Very well indeed. Thank you, Miguel. Greetings from Switzerland. How are you? Today, we have two professionals that know the aviation industry very well. And we were, the three of us were at eBay's last week. We have Morel Westerman, who is a futurist and one of the few people trained to fly electric aircraft. It's a small but growing community. It's going to be growing a lot, I guess, in the, in the coming years. But f- so far, it's, it's still like a, like a small club, let's say it this way. And then we have Adam Tweedle who is basically the founder of a company, Private Fly, that was acquired by the group that has Flagjet. And he is now the head of Future Flight at Flagjet, or is the, the name of the group One Sky? Yes, we, we have a number of brands within the family. Uh, Flexjet yep. is the most known with 250 private jets. And then we have Sentient with 10,000 jet card holders, FX Air doing on-demand charter, Private Fly, and then around that, the flying companies, there are also investments in simulators, in uh, MROs, um, leasing companies. So it's a very extensive group um, 
but only within private aviation. Mm -hmm. And you are also the uh, chair of advanced air mobility at EBAA, which is the European Business Aviation Association, which was one of the organizations that is involved in organizing the eBay's show which is this very large air show basically that happens in Geneva every year. It's a bit gathering of the whole aviation industry and, uh, sorry, aviation, executive aviation industry. And here is one why I think it's interesting and why I thought it was a good idea to do a recap episode. This is an industry that's increasingly embracing the new wave of startups uh, that are trying to decarbonize aviation in part because, well, there's an obvious thing is that the aviation in general, but executive aviation in particular, is in a very tight spot now with the sustainability climate change problem. The three of us were there at eBay's. I would like to start by asking each of you, uh, what were your highlights of the show? What were the things that caught your eye? Who wants to start? Adam, Adam, go for it. Adam, go ahead. uh, eBay's gives us an annual chance just to check on the progress of what's happening within business aviation. You know, it's a bit like uh, watching a child grow up. If you're with that child every single day, you don't notice its growth. However, if you just see a friend's child once a year, you, you notice some uh, some growth and you sometimes see years where they really progress and change. And I think this year at eBase, we saw a significant amount of growth towards totally embracing sustainability as part of business aviation community. It's not something in the future that one day will be happening. This is happening today. And we see it across business aviation. I mean, if you're not carbon offsetting, if you're not buying as much SAT as you can buy, if you're not looking at your future fleet and what is available now to order, you're really missing out. Um, so eBase for me this year was all about sustainability. It was everywhere. <laughs> I was just there for one day, but it was really packed with uh, all sorts of activities. I listened to the workshop and the panels that I attended about the advanced mobility, electric, etc. So yeah, that's definitely, the, I would say, the big theme this year, at least. Um, Morel, what, what about you? You've been active in, in the field of electric aviation for quite some time. Yeah. Just a note here, uh, I, I just would like to add one, one short note is that both Morel and Adam, you've been, I think, the only two people that have been already twice in this podcast. Morel was actually the first time when he completed a, a record-setting flight across Germany on an electric aircraft, which I think that was the first time that someone Ever, had done yeah. that, yeah. Oh, uh, three years ago, 2020. Yeah. Time's flying. Time's yeah. really flying. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And I think you are preparing a new, a new challenge yeah. with electric aviation, yeah? yeah? We will come back on that. So yeah, yeah. this was a, this was a very fun project already two years ago with the world's first electric uh, certified aircraft, the Pipistrelli Electro, and we were able to set the records. Uh, setting records is always easy. If you're doing the first time, it's easy because mm-hmm. um, ch- challenging this or breaking records is a little bit more um, interesting than the, the Wright but, brothers. Uh, Wright brothers also yeah. set a record back in and the that's day. That's easy, yeah. 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 <laughs> but Adam, Adam, I really liked your your going position for the eBay's um, providing uh, an overview for the progress. And the comparison to the small child is absolutely um, fantastic. And um, as you said, embracing sustainability and everyone is trying to make it as green as possible. I would like to challenge you, not in person, but I would challenge the industry on that because it's a lot of green washing there. So I see not so many progress on such a big progress as you probably 
um, gave me the um, impression we had. So they are incremental progress I can see and I can follow. Oh, here is a couple of percent, one to three percent more efficient aircraft design, a little bit whatever uh, engine optimization with one to three percent less carbon emissions. Yes, but no, it won't be enough to get this industry, especially the the um, private and the business aviation, which are mostly recognized as the bad guys for only for the richer millionaires and billionaires on the world, only for a few, only very expensive, and, and with a tremendous carbon footprint, it won't be enough. These incremental changes won't be enough. We need a disruptive change, and this can come from electric aviation, I know my aircraft here is 600 kilograms, which is far away from everything what you can use in a business context. I am fully with you on that. But we need to embrace even more these new technologies and not only looking for, yeah, you buying as much SAF you can get and, and trying to make it a little more efficient and not flying these aircrafts empty around. Yes, but I think we will have a tremendous change in the next couple of years with a new um, power, train, energy, source, and proportion system. And this is not anymore incremental. It will be disruptive. Very good points. Very good points, Morel. Indeed, um, there is so much work to do. And eBase is just the surface of what's happening in advanced air mobility. It is such an exciting sector to be in. We have now well over 500 different companies all racing to get electric and hybrid and yeah. hydrogen powered aircraft to the front line into operations i mean let's look what was the most exciting aircraft at ebase this year for you inside the exhibit hall um <laughs> who, okay. who was who was the manufacturer who had all of the attention who had all of the press and had the longest queue um in your eyes which aircraft was it you're talking about the aircraft. Um, I'm talking about the mock-up. It's Lilium. So your Lilium, I, I would say, catched all the news headlines and and this queue. But this was not an aircraft. So I'm, to be honest, I'm not absolutely sure what I should think about Lilium. So I'm at the one hand. Let's start, with, let's start with the cabin. I mean, it is a stunning <laughs> cabin. They've done so well. But but do and you start reason... if you're designing an aircraft? Do you start with the cabin? Well, if you want somebody to fly in it, yes. <laughs> you know, you we as pilots, and I too have flown the Pipistrel, it's a fantastic first electric aircraft, and you can get the sense of what's coming. But unless you're designing an aircraft for the actual passengers, if you're thinking only as the pilots or only as in engineers, we're not going to have any success. People right. have got to feel safe when they walk out towards that aircraft. It has got to have ramp presence if you're going to get people to fly on it. And once you're inside, it's got to feel safe. It's got to feel luxurious. You've got to feel like you're in good hands. And, yeah. and that's what uh, Lilium done, has done. Now, the reason why they didn't have an aircraft on display, and in fact, this was exactly the same reason when you spoke to Voltero, why didn't their aircraft have the aircraft on display, is because these aircraft are flying. These aren't just mock-ups. They've got real flying aircraft, which are on very tight schedules to get through the certification process. So yes, Lilium are flying. 
And yes, they've transitioned from the vertical takeoff to the cruise and Pipistrel are flying in through certification and Volt Aero, we've seen fantastic trials um, in Scotland, um, in Orkney of, of various uh, aircraft um, actually doing jobs. Um, we've got Volocopter coming yeah. next year to the Paris Olympics. Yeah. How amazing is that? And yeah. their CEO is determined to get across the certification line to get the, commercial operations. But, but and, all these... have, and IASA have told them they will not be the blocker. So all of these aircrafts are flying. And I think you're right. We wanted to see live demonstrations and we have to speak to Geneva Airport and we have to ask them why they were um, perhaps hesitant about having yeah. flying operations and the momentum has to be with us. We need to get these aircraft at the show and flying are completely. But, but you're, you're totally right. But these names you mentioned as the most uh, exciting uh, came out of the industry. So um, they are not uh, growing uh, in, in a... In a um, in a um, incremental change and developments, um, they are from outside. So Volocopter and Lilium both are totally new names and new brands um, entering now the market. So I think the market uh, leaders today will be challenged uh, a lot um, by the by the newcomers. Yeah, and then that's what's great. That's what's brilliant. That's what Tesla did to the yeah that's... the car manufacturer. They said. Well, nobody's doing it, so we can do it. We're a software yeah. company. Yeah. We'll come in and pick it up. But, you know, I think we have to be fair. Textron, with their um, very clever investment in Pipistrel, we had Rob Scholl there um, speaking on the panel about all of the support that Textron is offering this fantastic um, electric aircraft company and not wanting to be that elephant stamping on the beautiful butterfly, but wanting to offer it all of the support. Yeah, I'm happy to see that this is really an investment, not only buying the technology to bring it uh, to the desk uh, and tray. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget about Embraer, um, you know, the giant in South America who've done so well coming into business aviation from the military and airline sectors. Uh, they, they've invested heavily in EVE air mobility, not just manufacturing an aircraft, but also looking at the um, uh, the airspace coordination. So they've got um, a big team looking at that. Um, we've got Boeing, who've invested in WISC. I mean, I think the big players are probably doing the right strategy. They're, they realize that actually sometimes the bigger guys can't be as quick and as nimble as smaller, but they're going to invest. They're going to sometimes sit back and watch and pour the money in and support. Uh, and I think that's a great strategy. If I may um, introduce another element here, let's say one of the reasons sometimes the executive aviation industry gets a bad press is that it's an industry that's mainly used by the, the very rich and powerful. But if these new technologies become commonplace, there's the promise there that the sort of air mobility that now is available to the rich is going to become available to more people uh, with all these electric aircraft that are expected to have lower costs. And there's some companies coming up with also with business models that would be similar to an air taxi, but for the masses. Uh, we had an Uber of the sky, right? Yeah, we had a it's panel. We had a panel with um, Ivor von Dartel from Veridion and Joseph Muris from Electron Aerospace. Yeah. Both yeah. Dutch entrepreneurs working on on nine seater aircraft. Do you think that's gonna become really a thing? It's gonna transform the way we think about executive aviation. It's gonna become a mass thing. 
is it possible that we're going to see, let's say, the majority of the people or a large amount of people getting used to this on-demand air mobility? Well, I think the main driver is mm, is the battery technology. So at the moment you reach the, I call it always in, in my speeches, the magical 500 kilograms what our performance of batteries. We are close and, and cattle last couple of weeks already announced a ready for production battery in this in this um, performance range. Sorry to interrupt you here. We had uh, just a bit of self-promo here, but we had the founder and CEO of Kuberk, which is the aviation-focused subsidiary of Northvolt, here on the podcast. He was also giving some numbers about the progress they are making in batteries as well. So just so, parenthesis here for in case people want to check, I'm going to post a, a link as well. <laughs> and and this will be the the enabler for electric aviation and even a bigger one. So um, <laughs> away from the 600 kilograms, uh, super small two seater trainer aircraft with 30 minutes range, which is the PPC Avidis Electro today. Uh, end of the year, um, Diamond uh, will enter the market with the, it's called officially a four-seater, but I think it's a two-and-a-half or three-seater, um, the electric Diamond DR40. Um, and it will grow into the the bigger aircraft market as the performance of the batteries will increase. So, yes, there will be a barrier at 500 um, watt-hours per kilogram. And I think the most important thing will be around the 1,000 um, what are a kilogram? This will roughly enable some kind of uh, lilium jets. So and and everything beyond that. So um, when will it be? So uh, yeah, this is a very good question. This is a multi multi million dollar market question. When will it happen that we have uh, batteries in this performance range in in a price tag range and uh, and a cycle um, range that it will useful for aircraft? So we will see that. But I think it will happen. And um, from today until this point in time, um, we need some bridging technologies, which is definitely the sustainable aviation fuel. Probably not only coming from whatever the old uh, footstock we, we talked about, Miguel, we had a conversation with the uh, with the RBP guys and, and with several other people there. Um, this won't scale as much as we need that, um, but with um, more regenerative energy sources, we can generate more um, sustainable aviation fuel. And this will be, I would say, for the next couple of years, the solution to um, make uh, even business aviation green and helping to answer the demand of the protesters we had in the eBase as well. Morel, I completely agree that each step of battery technology will improve our um, ability uh, to add missions onto what we're already doing. But let's let's look at what's possible to, with today's technology, yep. around 250 watt, hour, um, watt hours per kilogram. But on today's batteries, um, we've got EVE um, with Embraer able to fly 100 kilometers with four passengers. Lilium are saying they're gonna be able to do 150 uh, kilometers with a uh, with a full load, and this is bearing um, with contingency fuel with winds. This is practical usage. Um, Aviation was flying as well, fully electric today. Oh well, a couple of months ago. Exactly, and these are um, really exciting um, conventional takeoff, sea tall takeoff aircraft, which are going to be um, much more efficient because they're not burning that energy in the vertical takeoff. We've got Autoflight, who are represented um, at eBase this year. 
uh, Katrina was there telling us all about her amazing record, 250 kilometers on an electric aircraft with both a vertical takeoff and a vertical landing. So, you know, 250 kilometers, vertical takeoff, vertical landing, that's incredible on today's battery. Yep. And we have to watch them closely with the the, the link up potentially with the, the Chinese battery tech, um, battery uh, company that you just mentioned, Sitol. Uh, um, so yes, um, every advancement in battery technology will allow us to do more. But let's look at what we're doing today. I mean, uh, within the uh, FlexJet group, we have uh, two helicopter fleets um, um, here in uh, Europe. We have uh, one in London and, and bases in New York and, and now in Florida, in Miami. And let's take New York, for example. On that level of range, we'd be able to take passengers from Teterboro and fly them to Manhattan. Now, when we get that extra 5% um, efficiency, we'll be able to go to the Hamptons and back um, without recharging. Um, so each 5% increase that we get, you know, per year, let's hope, um, will allow us to stretch our legs with our advanced air mobility aircraft. So it is very exciting to look at the future, but it's also more exciting to me to, to look at what we can do now, uh, today. In terms of SAF, yes, what, absolutely. What I liked most here, Adam, is that you mentioned the new propulsion and energy systems are opening new markets. It's not any more iterative. It is a really a new market they can discover there. This is cool. So this is a market we don't have in the past. Yes, we will be taking our customers from both the traditional um, markets, but us, I think when you can deliver passengers right to where they want to go, um, yes, you've got potential many new customers. And those those customers aren't just business folks. They're not just our holiday makers. We're, we're talking about island communities that are really cut off and are supported by government routes. Um, in, in Scotland, for example, the West Coast Islands, Norway, Sweden, we all have these routes that are really difficult for um, commercial operations. And with these aircraft, we're going to make really life-changing um, um, ability for, for people to live in, in the, and be supported in these areas. We already, during COVID, um, were taking uh, samples um, Skyports operating drones to the Isle of Mull and back, um, proving today what we can do with advanced air mobility. Um, search and rescue, um, Bristow, who were at the eBase this year, they've done lots of trials and operations with, with drones flying um, with their uh, Coast Guard helicopters, um, getting eyes on the, the patient either in the sea or on the hillside four minutes before the helicopter arrives, allowing the, the pilots to go straight to, to where they needed to go and, and offering top cover. So yeah, tremendous new growth um, and new opportunities. This is really fun because um, if you see how many millionaires, billionaires we had uh, added to the to the group of millionaires the last couple of years, a couple of percentage, whatever, two, one, two, three, four percentage. And this was a growth of the business aviation in the last couple of years. Again, a couple of whatever, five, six, seven, eight percent growth percentage. And within opening of new markets, new battery technologies, then you have a, you have an explosion of market coverage, uh, pos potential new clients. And everyone who's using today a taxi is then able to use an air taxi, which is now in 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 our aviation domain. So um, 
I see an amazing opportunity for the next couple of years uh, in this market to explode in in a kind of um, uh, in in revenue and even in in market coverage and even new business models without adding more carbon to the uh, emission pot. So this is uh, this is the most important thing on that. Do you think that that's going to maybe lead to a redefinition of what's considered uh, executive aviation? I was talking with Adam's colleagues at uh, EBAA there at the show, and they explained how they are much in touch with this new segment of the aviation industry that is emerging, because it seems that they fall under the natural umbrella of executive aviation, but we're talking about something a bit different because of all these new use cases that are emerging. So, Miguel, I think when yeah. you're talking about definitions... Morel, I hear your frustration about the progress not being quick enough. And we felt the frustrations of the protesters who, you know, were making their voice heard. We want to change with this, within this industry. And in a, in a way, it was a shame that we couldn't show those protesters exactly what we were doing inside the hall. It was a shame that they were outside. If they could come and walk and talk with the, us. The, these guys they, probably won't talk. That's a problem. So well, we... I don't know. I think everybody's prepared to, to pause. And I don't think we should just put up barriers. Uh, and I think we should embrace and we should give That's them... The them That's the point. Show, him, show them what's possible today, what you're doing them. I I found several conversations, especially with the with the um, um, with the really the fossil fuel industry, is a little bit frustrating because it sounds sometimes very greenwashing ish. Um, but yes, um, so but on that topic, Morel, of greenwashing, and on your topic, Miguel, of definitions, there is no excuse anymore for a business uh, aviation company not to understand exactly what they're burning and and for an aircraft owner to know exactly their route um, mm -hmm. to improve. Now, at eBase, we had companies like 4Air. Um, we had Kennedy and Nancy there with their team at 4Air. And these guys are absolute experts at understanding what damage each aircraft is doing to the planet. And we can't hide from that. We've got to understand it. That's And you've got to engage with companies like 4Air and they will come in and make it very easy for an aircraft owner or an aircraft operator to understand what you're doing today, where you're buying your fuel from, how much you can um, buy SAF. Now, you don't have to put the actual liquid into your aircraft anymore. You can book and claim it. Um, so you can, you can mm -hmm. unlock... Uh, staff um, around the world, even if it's not available at the airports you're flying to. Um, yeah. And you can certainly doing, do carbon offsetting, which we all know is a short-term product. But there are roadmaps now. And by engaging with companies like Fourier, they can make it actually not just easy for you, but they can add the, to the product that you're selling. Uh, you know, if you're able to offer that as a service when an aircraft operator signs up to you, um, Not only are we going to fly you around the world efficiently, but we're going to give you a monthly report exactly what fuel you're buying and when and tracking your progress towards uh, more zero emissions. It's a long road ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, let's not kid ourselves, but we can take steps today with companies mm -hmm. like 4Air. Especially in, in a domain, in a market domain, which is not so price sensitive, 
I think uh, we should definitely um, force everyone to use as much uh, sustainable aviation fuel as possible. Even it's a little bit uh, more expensive, but as I said, it's probably not the most price sensitive uh, way of flying. That's what I was about to say. Like on, on one hand, you might have people saying, well, that's a bit like when people were buying indulgences from the church. Um, on the other <laughs> hand, if you are uh, you have enough funds to fly private, probably you have enough funds to top it up with with uh, sustainable aviation fuel or pay for uh, some mitigation. So, so yeah, in a way, I get this sensation that despite all the shortcomings, that also the executive aviation industry can act a bit as a, as a test bank. Uh, for for many of these things or like uh, develop a market so that many of these things can be scaled up this is the view that you guys have in the industry yes i mean Mara, where, where where do you think we're going yeah Adam, this is a wonderful question so where we're we heading <laughs> i think um i think it will start as uh on the electrification on the ground transportation we, we will start with small and more or less light um, vehicles, in this case aircrafts, as we as we have shown in the last couple of years with Civilis Electro, it will um, pave the way to a little bit bigger ones, as I said, with the Diamond DR40 uh, in brackets, a four-seater, and then it will make their way to even uh, more seats, bigger aircraft, and then commercial operations. And yes, the, the island hopping thing will be probably one of the first valuable business models, and then um, the electric vertical takeoff and landing, the the Uber of the sky guys, uh, will um, will um, um, take over the market or will expand the market. I would say. And in regards of the um, business aviation we know today, which is a big market, I think the only way in a short term in a short term to make them sustainable will be the sustainable aviation fuel. And yeah. So I, I I would give you a question back, Adam. So we're taking the, the podcast well, again, from Beagle completely I, over. Adam, what do you think about the H2 topic? So <laughs> well, let's kick off with, uh, again, what's possible today. Um, Voltero um, and Ampere, when you look at those hybrid um, aircraft, yeah. they're, they're making incredible reductions in CO2, 85% yeah. reduction. Yeah, with their hybrid aircraft technology, which are flying today. Now, we've over the past uh, couple of decades, I guess, in private aviation, have had a sort of a love of the larger cabin. And so let's look at what would be possible with companies like Zero Avia, which is based yeah. in the Cotswolds in, in yeah. the UK, and Art Aerospace in Sweden. I mean, they are they're building large aircraft. Um, yeah. And I think private aviation will absolutely embrace those aircraft. Isn't what, what, it wonderful that perhaps the the the, the larger corporates who are flying private aviation, those those individuals who can afford it, are paying for this technology improvement for everybody else uh, to enjoy. And I think that's not unusual in technology when you look yeah. at you know advancements in hi-fi technology, music technology, of course. Yeah. You know, the the early adopters are pay, paving the way. And we had that with electric aircraft as well, multiple sectors. So quite right that uh, business aviation is using the technology at the beginning and then it's spread outwards. One question, Adam. Do you think your customers at, in the executive aviation industry, uh, well, I say your customers because of the <laughs> one Sky Group, the Flagjet, the people that, that use these jets to... 
uh, go to business meetings, to uh, conduct their their very busy lives, are willing to sacrifice a bit of speed in exchange for flying more sustainably? Well, I would I would absolutely say they're not they're just asking for it here in Europe, but corporates are demanding it. They mm. they need to show their sustainability credentials. If you're a listed company in Europe, you you now have a, a duty to your shareholders to 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 show exactly what carbon you're using and what your roadmap is to reducing it. So our customers here um, in, in Europe and in the States, especially the corporate ones, are pushing us to go further. To go f- um, and and you know the phrase is normally push you to go further and faster, but you know that could equally be to go further and slower. Uh, and actually, it's um, what they're prepared to do. Yeah, I would I would let's not rule anything out. Of course, um, speed is of the essence and time saving, but you know everything's a compromise now. Um, the world is changing fast, and we have to rethink some of our ideas. Yeah, sorry, Morel, you were about to say something, I think. No, absolutely. And, and regarding uh, change, uh, um, the world is changing fast. Adam, do you see in the last couple of whatever, 10, 20 years, uh, a moment in time where we had so many disruptive technologies um, as well? So is this really a is this really a, a, a tipping point for the industry as I perceive that? Or it's only my limited view on the last whatever, 20 years? 20 years you're longer in industry than i am so what do you think do we have a tipping point no, I, think in we are of years? A, I think we are at the big point now with sustainability um it's it's not something that we can leave to, to tomorrow it's something that we have to act on today we have to do everything we can today to make improvements um we of course in in private aviation we've seen uh various new technologies come in. For example, we had a period of time where the very light jet uh, sector, we had lots of different manufacturers trying to produce very light jets and air traffic control were worried about where all of these aircraft were going to fly. Airports were going to be worried about where they were going to park them. And it, it was a bit of a bubble. And then we we ended up with some fantastic, um, but a lot smaller number of OEMs producing them, uh, Honda, um, the, the Mustang with, with Cessna, um, Cirrus. Um, so for sure, there's been times within business aviation that we've seen new technology come in and we've seen the hype and then we've seen the curve come down the other side. This is a this is a bigger wave, this sustainability. So whatever we're left with on the other side of the hype curve, it's going to be much bigger. So I do believe that we're at a turning point, Morel, yes. Um, Everybody's demanding it. Our customers are demanding it. Um, the protesters are demanding it. Our governments are demanding it. Uh, you know, the planet's demanding it. We we have to change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then and then we have people that are putting this into action, like Morel. You are preparing a new, I think, a new <laughs> chal- a new challenge, yeah, to show the capabilities of electric aviation. Yeah, this is always my mission to make all this progress visible. Adam, you're working hard on that a uh, little bit behind um, the curtains and and in the industry. And it's not always so visible to everyone. Yes, to everyone who's looking closely. Yes, but not for everyone outside, even not for the protesters. And Miguel is doing a tremendous job to uh, spread the world, uh, which is so cool. Thank you so much for having us here. And, um, My pleasure. And, and coming to the uh, challenge thing in one second, Adam mentions the ATC topic. So the, the, the air traffic control thing, 
um, imagine hundreds of the electric vertical flying things in the um, already congested uh, airspace will be a will be a challenge for them as well. And I had the honor to um, open the um, annual strategy meeting of Austro Control in Vienna this year. Um, with a keynote about the future of aviation and future of um, air traffic control. And I, I said, well, at the end, air traffic control will be talking machines to machines, not anymore mm, people to people or humans, pilots to air traffic controllers on the ground. So we won't be able as a human um, to manage this kind of traffic. We are looking into the um, market growth. Um, it will be something machine-to-machine communication and automotive flying um, or remote-controlled um, autonomous flying. So there will be um, on on this domain, on the technology, um, a, a, a disruptive change as well. So in the last couple of whatever close to 100 years, we didn't have so many changes in the air traffic control. Yes, a lot of uh, changes in, in, in details, but at the end, um, we are communicating the Q&H uh, via voice as always, and we're turning in our dashboard as always um so with all these um air traffic um control changes needed for the next couple of years this won't be able to cover by humans so a lot of changes coming here as well and then um regarding the the challenge um we are trying to make a reality this year is there is another electric aircraft uh, on the market now which is the electra trainer um, from the company called Electra Solar. And this is more a touring motor glider design. And with a two and a half hours uh, electric, fully electric endurance, it's a game changer from the PPSHVLS Electro two years ago to the market. It's it's kind of factor five in endurance in three years. So this is a, this is a bold statement. Factor five in endurance in three years shows the progress in the industry. And um, this is mainly my mission to make this visible to everyone. And we are trying to make a fun and silly race from the south of Germany to the north of Germany to the islands, as always, islands, because this is the um, first where uh, these operations make sense with this short, limited range. And um, we try to make it as fun as possible while challenging the aircraft against the car, which is a most likely a lucid air car. The name in the product is is Air, which is cool um, by accident anyway. But um, this car um, offers a range or they promise a range about 800 kilometers with one charge. So we are in the domain of 800 kilometers in the ballpark of 800 kilometers range in cars. We are in the ballpark of two and a half hours, which is roughly two and a half, 250 kilometers um, range in aircraft. And we will see who will be first on the island. And if you're first, who will be the most efficient in terms of energy consumption? So and let's I, see how this works out. <laughs> and I think it's a, it's a three-way challenge because I think there's going to be someone traveling by train as well, yeah? Yes, <laughs> we have okay. a train joker here. Um, the train system in Germany is quite well. So, you know, these ECE trains in Germany, the fast um, um, trains. We will see who will be first, but uh, the Deutsche Bahn is not always on time. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so this this will make it a little bit more uh, entertaining for everyone. So yeah, this is the idea behind that. That's uh, that's something in for everyone. It's a little bit entertaining. Uh, it is not a serious race. It's it's more to show everyone where we are today, what's possible with technology, and you can have a lot of fun with that. Very good, very interesting. Um, yeah. So when you have more details about this, please send them because. 
that's something I, I would like to, to follow and possibly we can write some note about that. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be uh, of interest to, to many people. Well, I, we've covered lots of ground. Uh, the original idea was to do a very, very, very short recap, but there, there was so much going on at eBay this year that, yeah, time flies. So uh, I want to thank you very much for, for being here today at, at also at very short notice. Uh, I know you guys are very busy and you made time for this. So really, really uh, appreciate that. And, and yeah, let's see what the next eBay brings about. I'm sure <laughs> lots of, lots of, uh, even more spectacular novelties. Adam and me will fly electric over there. Is it deal? That is a great challenge, Morel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Good. Welcome. Welcome, Miguel. Always an honor to be on your podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Before you go, and if you like this podcast, a quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you are using, or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon.